and welcome back to the Baseball Fever Podcast. Sarah and I are here today to talk about a couple different topics, mainly about the postseason. We'll talk a little about Judge, Pujols, and their historic home run chases that ended with them getting the overall result. Um, so to start off on that note, we'll talk about Aaron Judge and the season he's had overall and how he broke the record for the AL single season home run record. Um, he hit a 60-second home run the second last day of the season, so it was getting close there. Um, Sarah, overall, I mean, him breaking that record, what, how, what were your reactions when that happened? Um, I just wanted it Because to... <laughs> I think it was more of the media wanted it to continue and hope for him to hit more than 62, but I was like, just give the guy a break. Okay, I understand not many people in history could do this, but do you realize how hard this is? Yeah, you do. You're right. Yeah. That's, I was like, do you realize how hard this is? I don't think anybody can really do this. I don't think anybody sitting in a booth announcing these games or broadcasting these games would be able to do this. So it's like, you got to give the guy a break. At least he hit 62. I mean, it's unbelievable, but at the same time, you kind of had an idea he would have been the one to do it rather than somebody else, because I think everyone else has been struggling at least mentally this season, but he was just locked in since maybe, I'm going to say the end of May into June, I felt like he was getting like the flow of things. Oh, definitely. Even the way that he started off the season only hitting one home run in his first 13 games. Right. So he got off to a slow start. Very right? slow. He still was able to break the record and go on those tears at points. And even, Sarah, going back to your point about, like, just the way he was locked in and maybe the way the media kind of wanted this to keep going, like, just look at the rea- the facial reaction of Judge's mom after he hit that 60-second home run. Oh, I think I, that she... tells you everything you have to know. Right. She couldn't, like, honestly, mind you, she wasn't even paying attention. She was talking to the person next to her until somebody, I think until the father tapped her and was like, do you know what just happened? She <laughs> goes, oh, my God, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> she was just so, so stunned. She saw the relief, like, leave her body, like, okay, he, my son has finally done it. This pressure on him is over. It's, he broke the record. Yeah. It's such a relief. I think, yeah, not only for the fans, like, for Yankees fans, look like the family themselves and for Judge. So I yeah. wanted to ask you, do you think the pressure might have gotten to him at some point? Because we know, like, once he hit 59 home runs, we knew, okay, 60 was a big number, and then 61 was tying, 62 was breaking the record. Do you think at any point that pressure got to be a little too much for Judge? Even though I know he didn't really show it, but you think deep down inside he might have? Oh, yeah. Started feeling it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because now everything, see, with Maris and Ruth, we didn't have, they didn't have social media. They didn't have any of that. Yeah, they had, you know, the media at the same time come up to them with microphones asking them, like, stupid questions. But you have every camera on you. You even have people's phones on you. So you can only imagine the pressure he was going through. And for those who said he didn't have any, clearly was not watching a thing. Because you can see him. The fact that you got the camera coming up to the plate with you. You have the camera watching you leave the dugout. You have the camera literally watching you kiss your mother. How much crazy can you get? I know, really. The media really is like, of course, <sighs> obviously something huge. But you got to see, I think back, it's not like when Maris was going for the record. And right. of course, you know, we were hearing things that he was losing hair, or stressed out about breaking this record. But yeah. Like, you think about after a game, you go home and you can like try to like get your mind off baseball. But like on the other hand, like Judge now, he goes home. He can go right on social media and see what everyone's saying about him. It's like so easy to do that. 
So yeah. seeing what not only what pe- people, yeah, people on social media, people with the media, different different reporters saying stuff about it, and like it's just like it's hard to escape that. And like th- this went on for a, a couple weeks. And yes. Every day, it had to have been weighing on him. You could tell his his pace started slowing down. It, it, the pressure was getting to him. Of course, it's not even. I remember Michael Kay saying it's not easy to hit a home run. You got to realize how hard it is to hit a home run. Right. But like it's just so it was surprising to see him like go a couple games without hitting one. He went like six or seven at a point. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. It had to have been pressure. I mean, he tried. He tried to show. He never showed it to anyone. Like, oh, I feel all this pressure. It's so overwhelming. Of course, he's not do that. Right. But of course, at some point, I had to be like, okay, I want to get this over with. Let's play some normal games here. That's exactly what it was, and it was like the teammates. I felt like, see, you know what it is? Because I think the only person who would really understand this would be Stanton. I feel like the rest of the team doesn't really get it. They have a clue but they don't really know what the pressure feels like to try to hit a home run every game. You're right. And I felt like he was the only one who was able to control it. I mean, Rizzo probably, but Rizzo's not made to hit home. He's made to get on base. He's made to walk. He's made to get hit by pitches at times. Um, But he's not really made to be this home run hitting person. It's Stanton who pretty much figured it out. Like, okay, he's going to be hitting more homes, home runs than everybody else. We have to realize the pressure that he has here. And I don't even think the media noticed it until maybe the last couple weeks of the season where I was like, because I literally went to some of the Friday games because I have the Friday package. And I'm sitting, it was the Boston game where I knew this pressure was crazy. And I was like watching everybody, even security guards, blocking people from coming down towards the dugout or behind the dugout so they didn't hop the dugout it was ridiculous like security was literally all over the place to try to not let fans run on the fields it was getting to that point where it was just insane so you you can imagine how much was going on around him yeah you're right and even you got to think about just like even the, the way that the fans were at these games and the way yes. they reacted when like judge came up they went crazy and then when when the pitch was about to come in, they were going crazy. Oh my like, god! As the pitch was like like the pitcher was in his motion, the place went went silent. Like it's just that reaction. You don't really see that much, even in the playoffs. When right. Some things go crazy. Like when there's a big at bat, big situation, the tie you... and runners on base. So you, everyone's cheering at the same level. But just like the way that it went silent as the pitch was coming in, just something that we've never seen before. Like, really, right. I, I can't remember the last time anything like that really even happened. Like, the place went silent when like, right. the pitch is coming in. That's like, this is like a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere was definitely different. Like, normally Yankee Stadium is very rowdy, very, like, out of control. But at the same time, I was like, why is it so quiet? I literally was screaming it in the outfield. I was like, somebody scream. Somebody have somebody's baby cry. And literally, like, you just hear pure, I've never heard the bleachers so silent in my life. It's like, as soon as the bleachers get quiet, the whole stadium gets quiet. So it's like, you, you literally, and I was the first one to literally scream after this other guy was like, Judge, can you hit the ball? And then I was like, please hit the ball. (laughs) So everyone around me was like, do you realize how quiet it is? I said, well, yeah, because. All this pressure on him is going to drive him insane. I know. I feel like just like the way that the fans were in these games and Judge going into this game, into each game, knowing that this is how the fans' reaction is going to be and how it just it just felt so weird, I think, for everyone. And like, yeah. Judge is probably like, he doesn't like the pressure on himself. He does not like, he does not like the spotlight at all. 
So when he when he's walking off the bat, knowing that the spotlight's on him, that could probably put him into like an uncomfortable feeling. Like I'm just trying to win a game here, help my team win a game. I'm I like like just forget about this and stuff. But of course, with something this big, you can't forget about it. Um, but also going back to your point about Stanton, I thought that was interesting because of course, yeah. 2017, he he was at 59 home runs. He was trying to hit that 60th. He was leading off in games, trying to get to that 60th home run, and unfortunately, he never got there. But, like, that's something similar that Judge is going through. So that's, like, really someone right. who I feel like a lot of times, too, when you saw Judge in the dugout, maybe after he made out, you saw him with Stanton. And Rizzo right. was one of them, too. Like, Rizzo was another guy, a veteran right. guy. who's kind of seen this before, I'm sure, with other players. Yeah. Um, but, like, you kind of saw Judge and Stanton together a lot. I'm sure Stanton really was trying to help him. Like, like, don't get in your head about this. Try to give him advice on how to deal with this because it's it's tough. It's, it had to have been tough to deal with because this thing, all that pressure on you. Right. Home runs. And Sarah, do you think that's why he ended up hitting both of those ones, 61 and 62, or both on the road? Yes. Is that a coincidence? Yes. Or? yes. That's exactly what it was. To be honest with you, I said it. I said, listen, he's not going to hit in Yankee Stadium. He's not Derek Jeter. He is not going to bottle up all his feelings inside of himself, and he's not going to listen to anybody. He's not going to listen to the New York media at all. He's not going to listen to anybody. He's going to do it when he does it. And I said, I was like, listen, his mom is going to be the only one sitting behind the dugout. And 61 and 62 is when his mother was behind the dugout. I am not stupid. I realize these things because it's the fact that you bring the father, you bring the whole freaking Brady bunch. He's not going to hit the ball has more pressure on him than anyone else ever has in the past 61 years. Right. And it it's ridiculous. No, I know. It's definitely tough. And they had that the Maris family there, Maris, um Maris's son and daughter, like a couple of them, just having all those people there. I'm sure that yeah, added pressure. You know, knowing that they're there, all oh, my wife and my parents are here and just like having all those people there. Of course, you're gonna have your parents there and your family, but like then once it got to like the Maris family being there and them traveling to Toronto and stuff, it just seemed like it got to be a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm um, okay. So Judge, let's talk about Judge's season as a whole. Okay, it's an incredible year. Of course, he fell a couple of points short of winning a triple crown with a batting average that fell short to Luis Arise of the Twins, but um, he hit 311 with a 425 on base, 62 home runs, 131 RBIs. Just incredible, incredible year. Eleven point four WAR, which is like led the league by a good margin too. Yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts on his season overall? Uh, incredible, honestly. Like it, it's it's one of those seasons where not many people are going to have, especially in this decade, because um obviously in the Jeter era, a lot of guys were doing this. Like every other season, you saw a guy doing this, but to actually end up hitting 62 home runs in a season, no matter if it's 162 games or not, is unbelievable. Yep, it, it was just, it was an incredible season, just the whole yeah. entire thing, just all the home runs, not even just the home runs, he's not just a home run hitter. He hit he hit for, for average, he hit on base, he got on base. He... Okay, also Tyra, would you consider this one of the best offensive performances ever by a player? Um, Yes. Yep, I, I think so too, honestly. I think just the way that the season went, of course you have the guys who, in the steroid era, who were in, incredible. But like, right. Judge, I mean, the way he was able to play, I wouldn't call it the best offensive performance, but it's definitely up there as one of them. Like, this will be a season that people talk about for a very long time. Yes.
Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. And honestly, I can't even begin to describe what people would say. I mean, at the same time, like Roger Maris Jr. is still on Twitter, still talking people. It's ridiculous. He's like, why are you people still include Otani in these AL MVP <laughs> races? I don't I get it. He's like, it's it's nowhere in the, it's not even in the playbook anymore. I don't just even the even the war. That the stat that was like really the decision maker with the MVP was the war. And yeah. Judge leads Otani, even though um Judge doesn't pitch to say that. So that that really should end the discussion right there. People shouldn't even have a debate at that point, I feel like, with this MVP. Yes. That's what I feel like it is. And I mean like, and to be honest with you, this is the thing. I honestly would rather the fans not be involved in the in the MVP voting. I'd rather the players do it. Because with the fans, it's the fact that you're going to have race fans voting for Judge. No, they're not going to vote for freaking Judge. Of course they're going to vote for Otani. Because the Yankees are their arch rivals. This is where the fans get involved, where it gets crazy. Notice the couple days leading up to when they're going to announce the MVPs. Twitter just goes insane. Because everyone's crazy. No, you're right. It's just, it, it, the stuff with the fans and the talk on Twitter and social media... I feel like this gets to be too much. And like, yeah. I, I've been getting caught up with it, but I, I need to like take a step back. Like, okay, ultimately the fans don't have an opinion or they have an opinion, but they don't really have a true say in this debate. Right. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what it is. And it's be, it's like the, the MVP thing, the, the whole MVP race is ridiculous. It's like they're not even mentioning the guys from the National League. It's all, it's literally, it, Judge is literally the center of attention right now. For baseball's hurricane. It's like he's the one that does the most damage and everyone's got to look up to him. You can't only imagine who who Tampa Bay's going to send up to the mound when Judge freaking bats. It's unbelievable because it's like you're seeing it from a totally different perspective. No, you're right. It, it, that's true. Even with the pitcher's perspective and the, the Rays and the pitching coming in, even you got even you got to think going back to this whole home run chase with the pitchers and stuff like that. Like, of course, the, maybe some teams weren't playing these big games like they needed to win, but they didn't want to be the pitcher that gives up a big home run. So, that's exactly what it is. That's really what it, what it came down to in respect to the, to the Rangers for actually pitching to him and not pitching around him like a lot of the other teams did. Right. And I feel like you pitching around him is not going to help either. It's not going to help anybody on either end. It's the fact that literally if you're one of those pitchers that I understand if it's a rookie pitcher, I get it because it's your first time on the mound on a major league field. And you have to pitch to Aaron Judge. But if you are a veteran, get used to it. You've been pitching for 13 years. I'm sure you've had other pitchers come up to you and say, this dude is going to hit a home run off of you. I'm sure you've seen that. But if you're a rookie, I'll cut the rookie some slack. I understand. You you just come up from the minor leagues. You don't have much experience up here. But with the veterans, I wouldn't cut them any slack. They, they should have pitched to him. No, you're right. Especially when, yeah, it was a game that doesn't matter. Like, the, the Red Sox play, and they were eliminated. It doesn't matter. Like, just pitch to him. And even the, the Orioles. It just got to be frustrating at times because that's how time was running out for Judge because he wasn't being pitched to in most of his at-bats, I would say. Really, most of them. Yeah, most. And it, it's not even causing his on-base percentage to go up. It was causing these pitchers to realize we could just walk Judge. That's not how it works, guys. You have to realize he's on a streak here. He's got to be able to hit these baseballs. He's got to be able to do all that. But at the same time, it's the fact that I have this going for me. I have this going for me. I got to do this. I got to worry about this. You don't realize how much pressure it is. 
No, ultimately, it's just like just we just want people to pitch to him, not the point of like, like try to get him out, pitch to him like he's just there's anyone else in the lineup. Like, don't make it that this big thing, like, oh, I'm gonna pitch around and I'm not gonna pitch him a strike or I'll pitch, uh, um, this right. intentionally walks. Like, that's got to be. I mean, I understand why it was happening, like, but like at the end, once it was when the games don't really matter and they didn't have to win these games, like the opposing team, right? Just, just pitch to him. That's all you can ask. If you give him pitches, you give him a chance. Just give him a chance to hit it. Of course, you don't want to, I hope to give up a home run, but just just challenge him. To, to give him a pitch right over the plate. Let's see what he does. Try yeah. To, try to get in the swing. Just pitch to him like a regular bat and try to get anyone out. So just try to get him out. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's just the same thing. It was like with Pujols. Like going on to Pujols. Some of these pitchers did not want to pitch to him. There was a couple of others that didn't want to pitch to him. I noticed he was walking a lot. But I noticed that with Pujols, they were letting him hit base hits. They were letting him get on base. Well, Judge, they just walk and strike him out. Are you serious? No, I know. You're right. And go, going to Pujols, too. And the way he went, he went on like a home run tear at the end of the season. Yeah. That allowed him to get to 700. He hit 24 home runs overall in the season. And he hit like pretty much 20 in like the last couple months. Like maybe in the second half of the season. It was incredible what he did. And like at least he was getting pitched to. It wasn't like he was getting pitched around. I mean, I right. know he's he's older and at a different stage in his career. And so, of course, he's not chasing an MVP right now or anything. He was chasing the home runs. But I, I don't necessarily remember him getting intentionally walked a ton. I mean, no. I Judge is a more dangerous hitter, I would say, especially right now with where yeah, with Judge is right in his prime. And, of course, Pujols is 42, so he's not not really the same hitter he once was. Right. But at least they were pitching to Pujols and giving him a chance. And right. he ended up hitting those home runs on the road, too. Right. That's exactly it. And it's the fact that he was hitting them at home. He was literally hitting them on the road. He ended up hitting one in Dodger Stadium. That's when he hit 700. And it was the fact that it was just like, it started to get to the point where I was like, just get it over with, please. No, I know. It gets the way on you. And even as the fans, even as someone, I'm not, I'm not a Cardinals fan, but it gets the way on you. And even, I'm sure people who aren't Yankees fans watching Judge, like, okay, just hit this home run so we can play some regular baseball. Like, it just seemed like, it gets to be a lot, especially like like how long we had to wait for judges' home runs and, and the way it was with, with Pujols. Like, oh, he's running out of time. He's going to retire after this year no matter what. Is right. he hit it? Not. Like, it really started to be like, like, okay, just hit this home run. Get it over with, really, like in that way. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I really felt like it was like that for both of them. But I felt like Pujols didn't have that much pressure. Judge did. Because it's the fact that you said, like, Judge is in his prime. He's trying to understand, like, this is what's going to happen with me. I don't know what's going to happen with me this offseason. I really don't know. But at the same time, it's the fact that, like, are it's just like, are you serious? Like, just freaking pitch to him. I know. And even um, Pulos, um, I want to just stick with him for a second. Did you hear yeah. the story about how he almost um retired in June when he was struggling? Yes. Then? And, then he, and then look at the way he's, like, what if he would have retired then in June and, like, not have finished the season and he reached 700 home runs. And he, yeah. went, on a, he went on a pace. He, he batted 314, slugged 681 since July, since right yeah. after that struggles. He ended up really coming back, like as I mentioned, hitting 20 home runs in that span as well. Right. Incredible the way he was able to do that because I'm sure in June, not many people thought that he was going to reach 700. And we were hearing that he was most likely not going to come back for another year if he didn't right. reach that mark. Right. So, That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's crazy, to be honest with you. Like, when I read about it, I was like, what if he did retire? Like, he wouldn't have had to go through this. But at the same it's 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 just insane. Baseball, you, it's just unbelievable. No, I know. It's crazy how that works. Someone who was 42 and, oh, oh, like, of course, ready to retire, 
that doesn't move well anymore, someone obviously older in the game. But then he ended up competing in the home run derby, and that seemed like it could have helped his swing too. And the yeah. way he was able, he, he put a pretty good show on in there. He was just in there for fun his last year, you know. But he really did hit well. He was hitting all those home runs. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Okay, um, Tara, let's move on a little bit to the Yankees and the, the way they shape up because the postseason st- starts for them in a couple days. Next week, they will be playing the American Division Series. We don't know which team yet, but we'll find out that soon. So, of course, when the Yankees, they, they last played on, um, on Wednesday. I was their last regular season game. And they don't play till next Tuesday, so that's like a five-day layoff in a way. Yeah. How important do you think it is that they were able to have that time off and be able oh, to get kind of out the rotation they want and get their hitters rest and stuff? How important is that? Honestly, very. I feel like every and not many teams get that opportunity. A lot of teams. Oh, it's the last day of the season. Oh, we only get a day off to travel, and then we got to play again. I feel like this is really going to help the Yankees as it is. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be like, no, something's really wrong. Because it's either you guys, you get so much rest, or you're not getting any rest at all, or it's the fact that you're just putting way too much pressure on yourself. Just go out and play. Judge's home run thing is over. We don't have to worry about that. You go out and play and do what you need to do. Don't worry about anybody else around you. Obviously, the postseason crowd is going to be crazy. That's expected. But at the same time, just go out and do what you need to do. There's no reason. There's no more distractions. You can't be dealing with all this. No, you're right. I think the whole response from the crowd is just totally different in the playoffs and like what it was like when Judge was chasing the home run record. Just right. Because like the way like, I met mean, we were talking about how it goes silent, like right as the pitch is coming in. And, right. Like, really, the fans just wanted to see Judge. Like they would get mad if if Gonzalez, the number nine hitter, grounded out to end the inning and Judge didn't get the hit. They would get mad at that, or they would get mad that Judge walked or be disappointed right. that a single or a double. Fans right. Like that in the postseason. The postseason, they they want people every they're rooting for the team as a whole. One right. time in the lineup to get on base, walk, no matter how it happens. If someone reaches on an error, it's huge. Like, it's yeah. no matter, oh, it's an error, but they got to reach base. Like, obviously, the postseasons are so different than that. It's right. A big relief for Judge. And even the team in general, like, the team knows, okay, now everyone, the, the fans are rooting for everyone, not just, we're not just doing this for Judge. Because, of course, it was about Judge at the end of the year once they clinched the, 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 the division and stuff like that. Like, right. they didn't have to win games, so... The, the whole everyone's eyes were on Judge. It wasn't like they needed to also win those games because then right. it would have been totally different. But now right. back to the way it is, like more normal. Like okay, these are very important games. We have to win these games, no matter what happens. Right, you do. You do have to win all these games, no matter what happens. And to be honest, it doesn't matter who's on the mound, and it doesn't matter who's on second or first or who's scoring. At the same time, it's the fact that you literally have to think about the whole team here. Exactly. Of course, like with, with the way it was, like at the end, like once they clinched, it made sense that okay, it's about Judge because they don't have to win. But now they do. Now it's back to okay, winning the home run chase. He broke the record. That's all over with, and you can kind of just focus on the game. Yeah. Um, and something else we heard just recently: Matt Carpenter is expected to be on the ALDS roster. Sarah, how big is that? <laughs> Unbelievable, because he can get on base. He'll he'll hit home runs out of the spur of the moment. If you have somebody who's very slow at third base, to be honest with you, that's going to score, you'd end up scoring anyway because Carpenter's on base. So it's the fact that it's unbelievable. And I heard the same thing with Ben Intendi, but I wasn't too entirely sure about it yet. I feel like he's going to be one of those bench guys that comes in when you really need him, especially during the Houston games. They're going to need everybody. Yeah, right now it does look like that Ben Intendi, he won't be on the ALDS roster. Yeah. But if the Yankees make it to the championship series, he might be on that roster because he yeah. still is recovering. Yeah. 
But overall, just having Carpenter back, even just uh, even helps. though he's a limited role, he won't be playing the field, but he's on the bench and he can come off the bench and be a, a huge impact. We saw the way he was such a huge impact this season. He hit 15 home runs in 47 games with the Yankees. There's a total resurgence from the way it was, how the last couple of years looked like his career was coming to an end, and the way he was able to come back and just right. show really what he's capable of. It didn't. It was so unfortunate. When he got hurt, he fouled that ball off his foot and broke his foot. But it's just so good how, again, we didn't make it back in time to end, like at the end of the regular season, which didn't really matter ultimately because they right. didn't have to win those games. But the way that he's going to be back for the postseason, it could be a big battle off the bench. It's just huge for this team. It's huge. It is. It is. Because then you have opportunity. Plus, you have Peraza and Cabrera in there, which you need to play both. I feel like this whole division series, you need to play both of them because that's the only way you're getting there. With Houston, you're going to need everybody on this on this whole entire team to do something. Like, I swear, even the Bat Boys might as well bat because it's getting to the point where you're going to need every contribution possible. No, you're right. And, I mean, we'll have to see if Peraz is even on the roster. Yeah. He could be just because, like, I'm sure IKF will end up being the starting shortstop most of the games. Right. But, I mean, Peraz, he's been good, especially in, this, in the games that he started at the end of the year. He's kind of really shown that he can contribute. Yeah. So it'll be a big decision for Boone and the rest of the Yankees front office to make, seeing if they're going to, ha- how they're going to shape out the roster overall. And- That's exactly what it is. And it's, it's the fact that you have just so many, all of these good players, you got to figure out who you could sit. You got to figure out who's going to play. And it's the fact that it's, it's, it's getting to the point where it's the whole team. Every eye is on the whole team. So you can't just be like, oh, the camera's on judge now. No, you, it's literally has to be all you. Yep. You're right. And, um, that leads me to my next question about the postseason rotation for the Yankees. So, okay. I mean, you think obviously, okay, Garrett Cole's the game one starter. Is he really? Do you, would you start him game one, Sarah? Um, considering the home run ball that he has going, uh, it, it's getting to the point where I think that debate should be between Cortez and uh, Severino. For the, with the start game one? Yeah. You think, okay. That makes sense. I mean, ultimately, I mean, Cole is your ace. Yeah. Yeah. You brought him here to be your ace and pitch these game ones and big games in the, in the playoffs. But on the other hand, the way he has been giving up those home runs and really letting games unravel. Right. By the way that he gives up the home runs and not really, okay, I give up one home run, but he really was giving up multiple home runs and really, okay, 6 nothing now, he, he gives up all these runs. So that's tough too. I don't know how much I necessarily trust him, but yeah. I, I think I would have him going in game one. Yeah, I understand. I understand where other people are coming from when they say about Nestor because Nestor statistically has had the better season. Yes, and I do trust him. I would trust. I honestly probably trust Nestor more. But I mean, Nestor's also gonna he'll he'll most likely be pitching in game two. So he'll, still a big right. game. Right. So right. So I have Cole game one, and then I'll have Nestor in game two. But I mean, yeah. it makes sense if you do if you want to do the other way around too. Yeah. Yeah. It would. It would make sense. I mean, to be honest with you, at least. See, this is the thing. Back in like 2019, rotation was it was the fact that it was just too. It literally was too much pressure on the bullpen. Now the bullpen, you want to you, the bullpen is so is so questionable right now because I really don't know what's going to happen with this bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen is in a tough spot right now. We've lost a couple guys, a couple of big relief arms. Of course, Holmes is on the IL right now. Um, Ron Marinaccio was just placed on the IL with that um, with that shit injury, and what Wendy Peralta you have on there, so it's really tough. They, uh, those are those are a couple high leverage guys, so 
really you got to see who's healthy and who will be on that postseason roster. But yeah, I think overall it's tough. And that if, as a result, you'll need your starters to go longer and deeper into these games if possible. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely need that. And it's it's getting to the point where you don't want your starters to become relievers. That's another thing. I've seen a couple teams do that in the past. And it, it's it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah, I can see that happening at the end of a series if people are tired. And even with the way right now this Cleveland Rays series and this game is going with this long game, you might need someone to start to come out there and pitch. Yeah. It's, they're using a lot of, lot of arms. Yeah, they are. That's the thing. And it's the fact that the offense has got to go. Like, the offense, if the offense is not moving, you're not winning this game. No, you're right. And um, one thing, too, that right in the ALDS, when you look at the schedule, the, the, you do have extra days off now. They're giving extra days off. Like, usually game one and two are back-to-back days. Yeah. But now you get an extra day off, which, so I'm thinking, like, if you have Cole start game one, you'll have him ready on full rest, on regular five days rest for game four. Right. Which would be a big help that you have Nestor to go game five. Right. Unless you do it the other way around, that works also. And yeah. I, I would have, yeah, I would have Cole and Nestor game one and two, and then they'll, they'll both either pitch three and four, not three and four, four and five if you need them. That's an, that's a necessary. But then you have Sebi game three. I think that's the way to really plan it. Yeah. Extra days off, you get the advantage. Like, you don't got to pitch Nestor or Cole on four days rest. You have them on full rest. So that's a big benefit for them. Right. The only thing that really is so sketchy, it's the fact that when they go to these championship series, where is it normally played? Like, do they have to pick a stadium or does it depend on your rank? Let's say it's the Yankees and the Astros in the championship series. The The Astros have home field advantage. Makes but, sense. Because, it, because okay. their record was better in the regular season. So then you play the first two games in Houston, then the next three on the road in, in New York, and then you go right back for six and seven if those games are necessary. You play That's what, Okay. So, okay. Yeah, That's what it would be. Yeah, that was only 2020 when they kind of, the games were in neutral stadiums because of the whole COVID situation. Yeah. That was only, that was, that's something that, that's not normally a, like a thing that happens. So, yeah. That makes sense. All right. Because it's just like, it was just confusing me. And it's the fact that all I know is that if they, huh, See, with the division, I understand that they're not going to be getting Marinaccio and Holmes back. But in Houston, if we're going to have to play them, which probably we will, considering the way these other teams are playing, but I'm not holding off on these other teams because something else could happen. Just like the Phillies and Cardinals series, it was very optimistic. But at the same time, it was more of the fact that I do not want Chapman pitching in Houston. That's not happening. Yeah, I, honestly, um, that's that was my next question. I was going to ask you if Chapman should be on the postseason mm. roster, federal, because I mean, we, I think if anything, if he is on the roster because of these all these injuries happening to the bullpen, he won't be pitching in any high leverage situations. So, so no. I'll tell you that right now, he will be pitching when they need someone just to eat up innings at this point. Yeah, hopefully, because we're not getting a repeat of 2019. I'm sorry, we're not doing it. I was in. We're we're not going to have that. I'm, we're not going to have is in this damn roster for Houston. It's not happening. We're not going to be putting Chapman in these bad situations. It's the fact that if you need to bring up your minor league guys, bring them up because their seasons are over already. They're probably wanting to pitch in a postseason game. 
But at the same time, it's the fact that you're not going to be putting Chapman in these high leverage situations. It's not happening. Yeah, no, no, no matter what, even if, if Chapman does make the roster, which he could, as I mentioned about, because of like injuries to injuries, the, right? So he might end up making it, but I mean, he won't be pitching in big situations. And actually, Sarah, that brings me to my next question: Who should be the closer for the Yankees right now <laughs> in the playoffs? Well, Holmes is gone for now. Chapman, do not trust at all. Um, hmm. Who else is left? Lewisica, possibly. And Efros. Efros. I was thinking of between. I was thinking uh, Trevino, no. I wouldn't say Trevino yet. Possibly, maybe, if it was at home, yeah. Houston, it'd be between Efros and Lewisica. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that because I had written down, I had Efros and Lewisica. I had Holmes just in case if he does come back. If he does, right. Seems possible. Right now, but I mean, I don't know how likely it really is, but it's definitely a possibility, I think. Um, Lou Trevino, he's been really good out of the bullpen, too. But yeah, right. I don't think he'll be closing games unless, again, they need someone to close and other people are hurt and tired and worn out and they need him to pitch. He could pitch at a high leverage spot, but I wouldn't consider him like as like a game for someone to close a game right now. Right. Situation. I think Luiz again, Efros on your two that you trust the most right now. With Peralta, Marinaccio, and Holmes off, right, not on the roster and hurt right now, might not be on the roster. Yeah, doesn't seem yeah. like it seems like Holmes is possible. I think I think Peralta's possible. Yeah, right now, but yeah, Marinaccio seems like he's off it. He won't be on it for the ALDS at least. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. So I think like in high leverage situations, I would I would definitely be putting either Efros or Luizica. You're right, and um, really that loss for Marinaccio was a huge loss. It was. Like, it was. Ever- He's talking like, "Oh, this is something the shin injury has been bo- it's been bothering him all season, or since like July at least." That he's able to work through it, and it just happened to flare up, and it was a wet ground that day. Maybe something like kind of like this made it like start to aggravate him a bit. But right. then once you hear about how he got an MRI, and it's actually worse than they expected, that's a huge loss. A huge loss. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. I mean, to be honest with you, because when I saw it specifically, I think Donaldson was the first one who saw it. He saw him wincing and, like, walking around the mound. And he was like, no, something's wrong. Like, we can't be having this. Like, we don't want him to be breaking any part of his leg for this situation. So, at the same time, it was the fact that I'm glad that Donaldson noticed it and probably waved over the trainer and Boone at the same time. But, like, it it was tough. Yeah, no, it really was. And, of course, like, you think, like, in a game like that, that ultimately doesn't matter much, that they would take him out no matter what, as long as he's feeling something little. That's why... I was optimistic at first, like once he heard it was the shit and not like an arm injury. Right. But I mean, if he's if this is something he's been playing through, but it seems like it might have gotten worse in that last that last outing, which sucks because these games, as I mentioned, don't really matter. And to lose someone, that's the last thing you want in these last games. Like when they once they clinch, like to lose players and have players get hurt. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's one thing you want to just get through those last games. You, of course, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, really just get through them without getting people people getting hurt and that's kind of what's been happening and it, it's 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 unfortunate for the for the Yankees and their bullpen. Right. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Um also let's move into like a little bit more about the the wild card series going on right now. So right now the Yankees are either playing Tampa Bay or Cleveland. That series is still going on right now. Sarah, would you rather the Yankees play Cleveland or Tampa Bay? If you could choose. Um I mean it could be either or at this situation, but I, if Cleveland does win this game, I'd probably say Cleveland. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if Cleveland does win this game, then then the Yankees will officially be playing them because they won the first game. Yeah. Um, but like, if I could choose, like, let's say, let's say it's before the series, and we're just trying to think, I would say Cleveland. I yeah. know Cleveland has a great team. They have a great lineup. They have they have solid pitching staff. Now, of course, um, Emmanuel Clase, their the Clase, how you say it, their closer, who's dominant. Yeah. But just the Rays, I feel like I'm just worried about the Rays. I think they would end up giving the be a, being a problem for the Yankees in a way. Yeah. It's been the of course years past in 2020 when the Yankees faced them in the postseason overall. Yeah. So, I mean, either team is going to be tough, but I would I feel like I would rather face the Guardians. And that's just me. I mean, yeah. I have Yankees fans and other fans say say Tampa Bay. I just personally would be more worried to face Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Like to be honest, it's it's see that rivalry thing goes right through the postseason. So it's the fact that you're always anytime that that team steps in New York, it's the fact that like, oh, we got to play them again, or we got to play this team again. Why do we got to play this team again? So I think it's the fact that like we're just as annoyed as everybody else with Tampa Bay. No, you're right. I feel like we guys played them a lot. They know us. They've seen all all the pitching. They've seen. They know how people pitch. I feel like the the Guardians are like a little bit different of a team. Yeah. Easier to beat them, I would say. Yeah. Um. So also that yeah, yesterday's um St. Louis Phillies game was pretty wild. That was ridiculous. I know Cardinals going into the ninth inning up to nothing after that pinch hit home run. They felt good, and then they give up what five six runs in the inning, right? Yeah. Now? Yeah. It was the ninth inning. I felt like they gave up all their runs. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy inning. I remember I was following it. I'm like, wow, what 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 is happening? And like Segura had that big two run hit. Right. Walks. It was like the whole bullpen just just blew, blew up. For the for the Cardinals, really, right? And I know, like the Cardinals had Jack Flaherty up, and I was like, "Why? Why are like what is going on? If your bullpen is clicking, or something's going on with your bullpen, why the hell is this person not in this game? I don't understand. I think it's like the Cardinals just gave up. But I'm like, the fact that please do not give up right now. <laughs> you still want to keep that game close. I mean, you still right. The Cardinals had one more chance. They still want to keep it close, but they ended up not. Like if it would have been three two or four two. You would have felt a little better. Like, okay, let's come back. Right. But they didn't really contain the Phillies once they were scoring those runs. It just kind of kept like a, snow, like a snowball. It just kept going, getting worse and worse. That's ex- yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, they play game two tonight, I think, at like 830. So, we'll see what happens there. Of course, yeah. if the Phillies win, they move on. Um, yeah. And then like, yesterday, too, the Mariners ended up beating Toronto for nothing. I was yeah. pretty surprised by that. I thought, like, I, I before the series and I filled out a bracket, I voted that Toronto was going to win. The series is just because it is at Rogers Center. They have all the fans. The place will be packed behind them. That was really what I thought. But Luis Castillo came out big time yesterday, delivered yeah. a deep outing for the Mariners. Just yeah. showing really the Mariners how how much of a force they really could be, especially with their rotation. They have a really solid rotation. They do. They do. And that's it's just the fact that it's it, it's not even you can't even say it's Robbie Ray anymore. It's not really Robbie Ray anymore. It's more Castillo that's going to be the main problem because it's the fact that it's. It's getting to the point where if your rotation's clicking, other things will too. You're right. And really, pitching wins championships. That's like what's kind of like the quote cliche type thing you, you always hear that it's really the defense and the pitching that really wins it for you. Yeah. So, I mean, the, Toronto has an offense. They have a solid offense. But I mean, when you match up against pitching like that, it's tough to beat. It's tough. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, tonight the Mariners win, or today, I think they're playing right now, they'll end up taking the series and moving on to the, the division series. Yeah. Um, and then we have Padres Mets. That was an, a wild game as well. We've had a lot of wild games to, to begin this postseason already, Sarah. 
Yeah, it's it's that that was just insane. Like to be honest with you, it's like if you look at the American League series, we've kind of played all these American League teams. We really haven't played many National League teams. That's why I think the National League teams are a little bit more interesting than the American League because anybody who plays the Yankees in the American League, you're just like, why do we have to see you again? But I feel like with with the National League, it's 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 just a different environment and it's like a different aura. But every single time the Mets play somebody, they end up being so boring. It's ridiculous. Nobody's moving. Yeah, I mean, in that, the, the game yesterday, the the, the Padres, they they, never, they they rocked Max Scherzer. They really did. They, they really did. It's, and it was... David Cole was saying that he was pitching. He was injured. But, like, I don't know. I mean, he shouldn't have pitched if he was... It, right. Seven runs overall, which is definitely not like Scherzer. No, it's definitely not. I mean, to be honest with you, and the fact that he literally blamed Dave Roberts from last year in the wild card game with St. Louis. What does Dave Roberts have to do with you pitching now for the Mets? Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. I don't think I even heard about that. That just, yeah, you can't blame that. You can't really blame Dave. It's a totally different team. First of all, it's getting to the point where all of this, this talk is just ridiculous. No, you're right. Um, and so, yeah, and then tonight I know the Padres and Mets play game two. So if, if the Padres win, they'll end up taking the series. Um, and it's pretty unfortunate for the Mets, too, the way that they won over 100 games. Right. Had a really good year. And at the very end, they let it get, they let, they let the division slip away. And now they're stuck playing this postseason series, which they're close to losing, too. Right. That's another thing. It's just not, this is what happens. That team is way too cocky. When you get way too cocky, it's like watching the Lakers play basketball. You think they're going to win every single game. You think they're going to bring LeBron in and he's going to start shooting those threes. It's the same thing when you bring your aces out. What if your aces don't have their ace game? Hello? You need the offense. The offense hasn't been moving. Even with Starling Marte, the offense was not moving. No, you're right. The offense has been pretty much slumping this last these last couple of weeks. And the way they ended up losing, they got swept in that series against the, the Braves, too, which really, like, let the division get away from them. But, yeah, I mean, of course, you, you, this whole season, you think, oh, they have DeGrom and Scherzer is a one-two punch in the postseason. It's going to be this big thing. But then what if, yeah, what if Scherzer is not the ace he's supposed to be? And DeGrom, let's say DeGrom today doesn't pitch well. Then your season's over. I mean, you, you've been really, like, thinking, like, the Mets all, all, all year, oh, we got the, this great rotation, this great one-two punch for the postseason. And imagine they lose these first two, like, if they lose today, then they lost his, those first two games, get eliminated with their two aces on the mat. Right. I mean, even yesterday, it wasn't so much the offense. It was really Scherzer giving up all those runs. Because when, you, when, when your pitcher goes out there and gives up seven runs, it's it's, it's tough to come back from. I mean, yeah. Scherzer pitched, pitched and gave up two runs, and the, the, the offense didn't, didn't, didn't win, they didn't score enough for him. Then you can be like, okay, it's the offense's fault. But right. When, Thursday giving up all those runs is not only set a poor tone for the game, but it made it nearly impossible for the Mets to come back. Right. Shocking. Like, I was shocked. Scherzer, he's been good in the postseason over his career. He's, he's played for a while. He's he been, has been. That's here. exactly what it is. Yeah, and exactly. it's funny because Cleveland just won. So it looks like we're playing Cleveland. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yankees will be playing the Guardians in the division series. Okay. I'm like, that's. I'll take it. Because as long as we don't have to play Tampa Bay, I'm fine. You're right. No, I, I feel okay about that. I mean, I would have wanted to have seen the series go longer, but it was good to see this game go 15 innings because yeah. that uses up the, uses up their bullpen and the Cleveland used a lot of arms. So now they're going into the – of course, they have a couple days off, but they used more arms to get to the ALDS, if that makes sense. 
Yes. Yes, they did. And to be honest with you, it's the fact that going back to Scherzer, I'm sorry, I cut you off. But going back to Scherzer, it's the fact that you giving up all these runs didn't really help the offense. It kind of brought the offense down to the point where how are we supposed to catch up with seven runs when our offense is not moving? No, I know the whole the, no the whole reason why yesterday that it's, it's Scherzer's fault. Like that's that's who you have to blame. Oh yeah, yeah. They're lucky. The Mets are lucky. It's not just a one game playoff because they would have been done. At least yeah. they have a chance to win, but they have to win today and they'll have to win tomorrow. Right. So that won't be easy for them. I mean, they put themselves in, put put themselves in a hole. I don't know if it would have been better if you had Degrom pitch game one instead. But I mean, still, you have to win two games that you would have had to have pitched Scherzer today anyway if Degrom pitched yesterday. So. Right. Who is is Degrom the one pitching tonight, or is he pitching tomorrow if they have to play tomorrow? No, Degrom is pitching tonight. He's, he um, is pitching tonight. Like, okay. Snell is pitching for the Padres, and then yeah, you got to oh wow, really save him. I mean, at first you were hearing about them, uh, the Buck Showalter kind of holding off and using Degrom like to save him for the, the next series. Right. But, but at this point, you got to win this game. Yeah. He's a winner. So you have over, to use so him. You got to use your ace. At least use yeah. your. Ace. That's. I feel like that's the main problem, too. And I feel like the Padres do have pitching. But at the same time, it's the fact that it's Blake's. The Rays totally ruined Blake Snell during the World Series with the Dodgers in 2020. Totally tarnished his entire pitching career. And it's literally made him this person to the point where he's shutting out everybody. No, you're right. I mean, Snell, um, the last couple, I know his last couple starts, like kind of going into the end of the season, he has been better. But, like, okay. really, this whole season, he actually – he really wasn't the pitcher he once was. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good with the Rays. He was good. He won that Cy Young with the Rays a couple of years ago. Yeah. And since he's really left there, he hadn't been that great with the Padres. And, like, the last like the last month or so, I would say that he's kind of finished off the season strong. Right. And he's going into this game pitching at City Fields, which, I mean, the Padres do have a solid rotation. Like, even yesterday, you Darvish pitched great. What he, seven innings, solid baseball. Yeah. And so he pitched great for them. And that was a big, big start to get out, out, out of the Darvish. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what it is. No, and it's no. a, it's crazy. It's it's literally insane that you really just don't know what's going on. But it's the fact that the Padres' offense was pretty much the only thing moving. Yeah, but really, Sarah, you never know what could happen in, in, in baseball. Even this thing about, remember when the Yankees were playing um, the Mets in that series at Yankee Stadium? They were supposed to be facing Scherzer and DeGrom. I think it was yes. Scherzer at that point. But they're like, oh, the, the, the Mets are obviously going to sweep the series and stuff like that. But then, then the Yankees end up playing. They play the game, and the Yankees beat Scherzer, and the Yankees won. So, like, really, anything can happen. Of course, on paper, you can write, okay, Scherzer's going to dominate the Padres, or DeGrom is going to dominate today. The best pitcher on – it look like that, but you got to actually play the game. Like, exactly. I remember before that, 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 that Subway Series game, nonstop hearing from Mets fans, oh, you might as well not even play the game. Max Scherzer's going to dominate the Yankees, and all that, and the opposite happened. So right. Was that anything can happen in baseball? That's what makes this game so special. How anything can happen is not like okay, we know who's gonna win. We don't even have to play the game. Don't have to watch the game. We know who's winning. It's just it's especially in the postseason, anything can really happen. Right. When they're playing the city field, you never know. Maybe it helps the Padres. Maybe it doesn't. Like you never know the way it's going to be, and like the way everything changes from the regular season and the mentality of these players. Right. A whole different mentality going in. Nothing during the regular season even matters. Right. That's exactly what it is. You have to start all over again. Exactly. Yeah. All the stats don't matter. You could have had a really, really poor season, a full season, but then if you come through in the playoffs, no one will remember that. That's kind of what right. happened to Cody Bellinger. Just yeah. 
how he had he, he had a rough season. A whole, the whole season was rough for him. Then he goes in the postseason. He has these clutch hits. It helps the team win. And everyone forgets about that regular season. It doesn't matter anymore. That's, that's exactly what, even, what it is. That's why even for Yankees, like even Donaldson, who has kind of had a down year, and other players, DJ's been hurt. If he comes through in the in the in the playoffs, if Donaldson has these big hits, everyone will, that's all people will, will talk about, and all they will, will remember about Donaldson is the way he came through in the playoffs, not about the way he batted two twenty or two fifteen in the in the regular season. Right. I feel like that's especially true for New York. Yeah. Both yeah. York, you can say. That- that's exactly what it is. And it's the fact that you don't even know who's going to come up. You don't even know if a pitcher is going to bat or if, or if a pitcher is going to do anything. On To be honest with you, I wouldn't even be surprised if they bring in Anthony Rizzo to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything can happen, Sarah. It's, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Yeah. You can have, like, Nestor Cortez pinch running. Remember that? That happened now. That um, was weird. That was very you have, weird. You can have anything happen. You can have Cole come out of the bullpen in the game to come pitch. And it's just, it's, it's fun to watch, though, how really anything can happen. You never know what teams are doing, especially today with the Rays, that they were going to do anything they had to do to win. They need to win this game. They can't think, okay, let me save Corey Kluber for tomorrow's game to start because there might not be a tomorrow. Right. You need him to come into this game today and throw a couple innings in relief. That's exactly what it is. It's just, it's unbelievable. No, you I just know. sit back and you watch everything happen. Yeah. No, not anything can happen. It's fun to watch too. That's that's what the postseason is all about. So we have a yep. lot, lot of postseason baseball ahead of us. That will be very exciting. Yes. Yeah. Now Yankees will be playing the Guardians. So what do you yeah. think about overall? I mean, it's a, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, not as fun interesting, but I think it's just going to be interesting. No, well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely yeah. excited. The team, of course, the of course it, the Rays. They're both tough teams, as I mentioned. But like, I feel like the Yankees have faced the Rays so much that like. Yeah, they, they, they know them more. Okay, the Rays offense knows how the Yankees pitching is. And the other way around, at least now it seems like a little bit different because the Yankees don't face the Guardians 19 times in the regular season. So That's right. That's exactly what it is, or like 18 times. And the thing that shocks me the most is that when I looked at the, at the regular season schedule next year, their opening game is with the San Francisco Giants. I that was that. very interesting. That's insane. Is it is it at Yankee Stadium or is it? It's at Yankee Stadium. Wow, wow, that's that's interesting. It's very interesting, and I was just like, oh, like when was the last time like Brandon Crawford ever played his brother-in-law? Like seven, eight years ago. You're right. I didn't even think about that. They'll be playing each other. That's pretty yeah. Cool. It'll be very interesting. I yeah. mean, well, it's I mean, you don't even know what's going to happen at the same time because it's. <laughs> I don't even know what this offseason looks like at all. No, and I mean, we'll be getting into that in, the, in future episodes about really the free agency class and, and, the, and the offseason. But it is exciting how the MLB has, like, changed the schedule around so that every team plays every team. Right. I think that's very cool, and I'm very excited to see that. Yeah. So that'll be fun to see. I mean, of course, now we're focusing on the playoffs. We have a lot going on with the postseason. It's already been exciting. We're two days in. But that was a that was a fun episode. Kind of broke down Judge and Pujols about their home run chases that they they both ended up achieving seven hundred and sixty two. Um, then we went a lot into the playoffs and where the Yankees stand specifically. And then we also spoke a little bit about the wild card series going on right now. We're, again, we're two days into the postseason. We have a lot ahead of us. So yep. thank you all for joining Sarah and I today on this episode of the Baseball Fever Podcast. Hope thank you, you guys. Enjoyed. Yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. See you.